Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Mark Valitis climbs into the guest chair to talk of everything outdoors. Uh, So Mark was referred to me by a listener of the show, Steve, but it turns out Steve doesn't run. Mark runs. And I actually met Mark before Steve introduced me to him. So if that makes any sense to you, um, Mark has been in Rochester and in Buffalo, and he's drove from Buffalo to uh, join us today. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I hope we get to touch on things like... Uh, 100 milers and ice climbing and I don't know, um, races we've ran that we didn't know we've run together, uh, and wherever else this journey takes us. So, um, but before we get into that, I want to take one minute to thank all of the Patreon supporters for this month, especially Josh Frankel and Ben Metcalf who joined, um, For those of you that don't know them, I met Ben at a Comic-Con when he was uh, cosplaying as The Thing from Fantastic Four, only he was wearing two-inch split shorts rather than Ben Grimm's uh, standard-issue blue tights. They had the same effect, though, both pretty creepy. Uh, And I met Josh in the back of an ambulance where he kept insisting that he was the medic and I, in fact, was dehydrated and no, he would not have the driver make the ambulance go wee-oo, wee-oo. Actually, neither of those stories are true. I met them both running. That's, that's, that's the, (laughs) sorry, long and the short of it all. Um, Also, thanks to Kira, one of the, uh, Patreons from Ithaca, the Ithacan patron. Um, I can probably afford a salt tab now, Kara, so thanks. Uh, and lastly, and certainly not leastly, a shout out way across the pond to Lewis Highlands in Great Britain, the very first international patron. Uh, I don't know how he uh, gets the podcast imported. I don't know if somebody mails him CDs. Not sure how that happens there, but um, we are definitely uh, happy to have somebody in Great Britain supporting us. We're going to get some uh, stickers and other swag out to Lewis so he can spread the word over there. Um, we'll have to figure out how to avoid that the uh, exorbitant shipping and all those taxes and all that. We'll figure it out, though. Um, so thanks to each of you. Your continuing support helps me keep improving the podcast. As you might know, last episode, I did this 50 supporter challenge and said I'd figure out something cool to do. And I didn't really know what that was, but now I do. Um, I'll go to Ithaca. I'll go to an undisclosed studio in Ithaca, and I'll have a full episode recording marathon weekend. I'll record every Ithacan that'll talk to me, and we'll see if we can get like five or ten shows. So let's get to 50 supporters and make that happen. You can go to uh, the show notes. Uh, you can go to runninginsideoutpodcast.com. You can go to patreon.com slash runninginsideout. Uh, please know that any amount of support is appreciated. You know, that's probably the longest intro I've ever done. 
Uh, aside from, I mean, you got to thank people, right? Aside from when I used to spin tales of uh, Josh Stratton's uh, wonderful massages, I, I haven't gone on this long in an intro in a while. So anyways, okay, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. All right, Mark, you you sat through that intro. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is, but um, all right. Uh, yeah, so you drove from Buffalo. Do you, uh, you listen to podcasts when you drive? Uh, quite a few, actually. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I drove um, – I went to work yesterday and I left my laptop at home because it was one of those things. And I was like, oh, I got to drive home. People are like, you're going to drive all the way home? I'm like, I get another hour podcast time. Yeah, it's funny. When I was looking at houses to buy, I found one that I like. So I said, let me see what the drive after work is. And I'm driving out there and I'm looking at the old tripometer and it was 26.2 miles on the button. What? Exactly. I said, if that's not a sign the house <laughs> is for me, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Wow. I think I live I live just under 13 miles from work. Lucky. So it's like a muddy sneaker from work rather than a, rather than a Sega Honda, I guess. Um so as I mentioned in that intro a couple of days ago, um Steve introduced us to each other and Steve's actually a listener of the podcast and he said, "Hey, you know, you might want to meet this guy Mark. He does all sorts of crazy stuff and he runs these long races like you do and uh i checked out your um ultra sign up as you do when you're when you're courting somebody and i noticed we ran a bunch of races together that uh we didn't know we ran together um i ran this 2013 sega honda oh you ran it substantially faster than i did um, that was my first ever trail marathon. Same here. Yeah. Nice work. That was muddy. I don't remember being too bad that year. Oh, maybe it had, maybe I ran the 2014 Sega Honda. I was I back, back a look. year or two after to support friends and they were definitely much worse those years. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but that one aside, okay, let's forget that one. Um, the zero SPF, we definitely ran that one together i think that might have been one of the early trails rock races too yeah that's i think the first year second year i think it was the first yeah well the first official right as as eric will tell you sure. there was one that nobody knew about mm -hmm. right? um but then the the big one that everybody knows about on this podcast is the first twisted branch that was wonderful yeah. How how did you work your way up from I mean the first thing you have on Ultra Sign Up is Sega Honda. Did you do stuff before that? Were you running before twenty thirteen? I was running, uh and I was a roadrunner back then. My brother had run a full marathon before me and he's a year and a half younger than me. I said, Whoa, we we can't have this so of course I had to run a bunch out of spite. Yeah. And so I ran a bunch of road marathons, I think 14 or 15 of them, and just kind of got bored with the road. And I was living in Rochester for a lot of those, but 
never got into trail running out here. And then once I got back to Buffalo, I think 2013, yeah, I was in Buffalo at the time. Somehow or another, Sega had a call to me, so I went and ran it. And I- so how'd you get into road marathons? Did you Were you one of those people that just one day you're like, I'll go run a marathon because I've never done it before? Or did you work your way up to it somehow? I think. I, I know I started with at least the Rochester half was probably my first bigger race, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really remember the transition no. into that. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you know what? Uh, I'll go out and say nobody really remembers why they sign up for their first marathon, <laughs> unless it's their only marathon, right? If you're a one and doneer, then I think you know why you're doing it, right? I want to tick the box. I want to get it done, but. If you're like four or five or 13 or 14 in, you're like, I don't know why I ever started doing this. Yeah, and I don't remember a lot of them. Yeah. Um, that's how a lot of people sign up for races. I don't remember. I mean, I, it was late. The button was in my you know, browser. I mouse was in my hand. I clicked and suddenly I'm signed up. But even for the road ones, I like to go throughout the country for them. There's a couple of folks out here, a Greg Rowe and a John Gadu specifically, that mm-hmm. we tended to go across the country and, and do them there. Yeah, I noticed another thing about your sort of your race history is you don't do a lot of repeats and you tend to travel. Yes, uh, very much so. And another pattern you might pick up on, I don't like races that are loops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to do something big, I might as well do something else big somewhere yeah. else across the country. Huh. Uh, this past year, I went back to Kentucky and Tennessee for the first 100-miler that I repeated. But we got in in the groundbreaking year and got to do both directions of it. So that's the first time I've repeated a really big race. And what one was that? Uh, no Business 100. It's okay. uh, literally through Kentucky and Tennessee. Big loop throughout them both. Okay, so it, so it's a loop though. It's not a big single loop. Nice. Two states, two time zones. It's nice. Pretty wild. 100, 100. Wait, so then you're like, oh, I'm doing great, and you're like, oh, I just lost an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I had never heard of that one. No business under it. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to become a classic for the East Coast. There's a lot good going about it. It's beautiful. Great community. Uh, I like very remote races too. You're out there during this one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a it's it's like a circle type of loop. Exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean you're all over the place, but but just to rattle off some of these so people sort of get what we're talking about. I mean, you stay a little local. You got your Sega Hondas, your Can Lakes, but then you're out at Moab out in Utah. You got some Wakely, the first Twisted Branch. Um, Sulphur Springs out in Ontario, um, which Davin Askvig is the only other person I've known that's from that. That year was the one he did it. Yeah, the 95, 95 degrees. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining the next day at the Buffalo Marathon how hot it was, and I did not have any sympathy for him. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you got a Burning Rivers in Ohio. You got Bigfoot out in Washington. That race is amazing. Yeah, that's that seems to be a, a big draw for folks uh, from the East Coast. If you're going to go, you might as well go all the way up there, right? Yeah, and so 
you know, we could keep going, but you're in, you got your, your manitoes, your breaknecks, you got, and then all of a sudden there's this spat of hundred milers, Eastern States, no business. You got a never summer hundred, never summer hundred K you got, I'm tough. Um, so all of the, like, what's it about? Is it, is it about speed? Is it about experience? Is it about time with yourself? Uh, speed was probably not the one. Uh, <laughs> That's why I put that one first. <laughs> when I ran roads, I, I guess I was okay. I ran a Boston once, but uh, I've since blown out two knees, an ankle, hamstring, and so it slowed down a little bit. Uh, and then it's tough to go fast in these bigger, harder, nastier, hillier ones. Um, yeah. I like the outdoors and the adventure aspect of those. Right. That's real. And then the travel on top of it. And that's what's been drawn to me, these particular races. So you like like the outside. I'm out in the woods. Do you like um, the uh, – is it I'm on my own? I don't bring crew with me? Or do you like to travel with the friends? Uh, if I'm lucky enough to have a crew and pacers, I'm happy to have them. <laughs> the no business one the last two years is the first ones I've done without no pacers or no crew. And that certainly makes it interesting. Yeah. I, I've done, I've done races with crew. I've done one race where I've gone like myself. I didn't tell anybody I got in a car. I didn't know anybody when I got there. I stayed overnight in a tent by myself. I've done one and that was a hundred K and, um, it's a different experience, you know, and there is something about, I mean, I do a podcast where I talk about running with runners and, that still happened there. You know, I think we still have this thing where we'll still find people to chat about it, but it's different when you're not going with a crew, you know, and you don't have that support system and that safety net and all that. Absolutely. I find it frustrating too, that so many people in general, even if they're runners don't really understand what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially with the trail running community being a little bit smaller in the Buffalo area. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit, I think, because I grew up in Buffalo and I didn't know about trail running until I left and went somewhere else. So, and now I hear there's some pickup there. So, I'd like to poke at that a little bit more. Um, the the other thing about this the the traveling and the motivation and the great outdoors and all that, you do other things out there, right? I, I mean, do. I've seen ice climbing pictures. Yes. It's yeah. nice when we have winter. <laughs> we just had a polar vortex. We just had winter for a week. It was 60 degrees yesterday in Buffalo. Uh, yeah. So is there such a thing as uh, hero ice? Is that a thing? Yes, People say is. that. What is hero ice? Uh, here ice tends to be a little bit softer ice when you're swinging your ice axes and your crampons, they go into it very easily. Okay. It's not brittle and shattering all over the place. It's, it's easy to climb up and you feel very secure when you're attached to okay. the ice. I thought hero ice was like, look at that dude. I can't believe he's climbing that thing. That's he's going to be on the ground in a minute. What a hero, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So it's. It's it's like the equivalent of a West Coast trail for ice coast. Exactly. Ice Very good analogy. Okay. Got it now. All right. So um, 
ice climbing is is that something that's new or is that how did how do you I know like it takes equipment it's not it takes like a brain maybe a rope uh, it's not just something you can do off the couch no uh, and I got into it in an unexpected way. Uh, I'd been showing a coworker of mine some photos of steelhead, a big like lake run rainbow trout, essentially, in the winter from fly fishing. And he's looking in the background at all the ice, and he wanted to know where it was. He said he'd been looking for that ice for years in this particular location. So I said, I'll show you. And he took me, and uh, it was my first ice climbing, and I kind of fell in love with it. Wow. And that. Uh, tends to fill my winters quite a bit when we have winters again. Right. Yeah. I um. I my familiarity with ice climbing is on uh, Route seventy three and just driving Alkeen up seventy three. Yeah. yeah. And just looking and seeing everybody hanging off a pitch off or something like that. Going, huh? You know. That's... I will be there in two weeks doing oh, that <laughs> if we have winter. Right. And hopefully, it's still up there. Yeah. Yeah, so, I spend a lot of time in the Adirondacks doing yeah. ice climbing up there. It's classic. Yeah, I it's it's really strange to me. I don't know. I, I it's ice. Like I I prefer my ice to be horizontal. I think. But it's also a lot of suffering. And yeah. as an ultra runner, you can probably appreciate that. Yeah, I've heard people talk to me about um, you know that you're not using your arms and your shoulders so much, right? You're using them to move and then you're standing on your feet. And if you end up using your hands too much, then you don't get any blood in them and they start freezing. And then you end up with various other, you Uh find yourself kicked into the ice and standing, trying to warm up your hands. Yeah. And that's a big reason I can get away with ice climbing as opposed to rock climbing is I have the leg strength. Um, There's not a lot of upper body on me. Um, but you talk about the blood in your hands, uh, you tend to lose that when you're squeezing on your ice tools really mm-hmm. hard and your hands are above your head. Um, have you come across something called the screaming barfies by any chance? That's that's how I heard about this, somebody telling me that. <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar, it's uh, when you eventually do put your hands down, the, the blood rushes back into them. And it also takes away blood from your stomach. So you have this intense pain in your hands and you're screaming, but at the same time you want to throw up all over the place. And it's it's awesome. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a lot of people going, I don't know. I It was mile 92 and I just left the aid station and I was feeling fine. And then suddenly, you know. One of the things I do like about ice climbing is it's very real and there are consequences though and you are forced to live in the moment. You can't walk out. Right. You you have to climb out. You have to pay attention or there's serious consequences. Yeah. I you know, climbing you know, the um free solo movie is big right now, it was right? Amazing, wasn't it? I, I haven't seen it yet. Gotta go. I it was just here at Tinseltown uh this week and I had said to one of my friends we were watching a Super Bowl and I was like, uh you wanna go to see Free Solo with me tomorrow? And he's like, No. And I was like come on. And he's like, I'll throw up. And I was like, oh, come on. The thing is, you know how it ends too, but you are still just <laughs> so tense throughout the whole yeah. movie. I actually came out to here to Pittsburgh when it played because it played out here before Buffalo. And it was- yeah. And if people don't know what we're talking about, it's uh, Alex Honnold and he uh, f- 
climbed up El Capitan, like with just a little bag of powder on his back and that's it and not a rope. And it's kind of like a big deal for, you know, people. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it other than like this guy climbs up this giant wall and you're baffled every second as to the why and the how. How do you get that level of confidence? How do you uh, how do you even like yeah, I'll, I could do that. I don't even understand. Like And again, the consequences are so big. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um so ice climbing's fun. Uh and and on the next episode of Ice Climbing In and Out, we'll talk about the time you took me ice climbing. But I think you know the reason I wanted to touch on that is because it is we can, you know, I I have pinball games, right? Like we can have other things. And the first thing I I went to asked Steve about it. I was like, so yeah, he runs, what does he do? And he's like, oh, he also climbs and he hunts and he does this and that and this and that. And I'm like, how does this guy find all the time to run hundred milers then? So how do you do that? How do you, how do you train for a hundred miler? How do you be a technology nerd? How do you go ice climbing? Where, what's the mix I, for you? I think Things rotate throughout seasons. Okay. Um, what are we? We're supposed to be in winter now, anyways. It's a little bit of a downtime for me for running. Uh, my mileage is half of what it would be during peak training. Uh, I should be climbing ice right now. Yeah. There's no ice to be climbed. Mm. Um, but once this is over, mileage will start ramping up in the spring. Uh, spring and in the summer is training season. Uh, falls typically big races. Uh, once falls over, I do take it easy on the mileage and recover a little bit. I transition into hunting. I hunt mm -hmm. quite a bit, and then leather rinse repeat. I guess. Yeah, and so you you're not one that do you subscribe to training plans? And I must, you know, in order to do this race, I have these goals. I have to have 16 or 20 or 24 weeks. Yeah. I tend to map out plans and I'm pretty religious with adhering to them. And that helps me tremendously. Right. So as far as uh, here we are in February, you're, you're not climbing ice. What, uh, what's on the horizon uh well, I do a fortieth birthday coming up in two weeks, and last year I turned thirty nine and that's, that's how it works Mark. <laughs> yeah. yes, as long as I keep going up, I guess yeah, <laughs> but uh I ran a marathon in the morning and a half in the afternoon because that's thirty nine miles, so I'm kind of yeah. shot myself in the foot this year, I guess yeah. I'm running forty. When is your birthday? The 26th. Oh, the 26th yeah, of March. I am February. not in shape for this. Well, you know, Dean Carnassus wasn't in shape for his uh, 30 miler either. That's as the story goes. So I was going to say there is that little 40 miler called Many on a Jenny that you could run for your 40th. Yeah, but, it's not on the day of the birthday, though. Not yeah. a lot of winter ones. So, yeah. Although we have the Beast next weekend in Buffalo, but. Not my thing. No. Flat and yeah. Uh, exposure. The exposure of that beast race. And you never know what you're going to get for that one either. It could be beautiful conditions or winter or it could be a foot of snow. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Yep. So you got 40 miles coming up in on just under two weeks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>
That'll be great. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Uh, but then for the rest of the year, uh, price start off breakneck. That's in the spring again this year, I believe. Um, we went out there two years ago and did that, and it was very pleasant surprise. A couple more hills than we were expecting, mm-hmm. but the views were incredible, and mm-hmm. just we were not ex- ready for that. Um, we weren't ready for how awesome of a race it was anyways. Uh, I like the camping aspect to it, uh, day trip out there. And, um, and then what else is coming up? Uh, Manitou's Revenge out in Catskills. That, that's a big race. Yeah. Yep. And you've done it before. Yeah, the last two years. Both Breakneck and Manitou's are sort of going back races. Yeah. So they've they've earned uh, a coveted spot in the rotation. Manitou's is definitely really special, too. Um, I got to see a bear during the race two years ago. Wow. Um, And it's just, it's so big in the climbing. There's like 15,000 feet of gain over the 54 miles or whatever it is. And and their views throughout, it's a really neat race. Yeah, Catskills are just, are awesome. Devil's Path, I mean, you can't can't beat it, right? So uh, it sounds like you got you got a decent set of running in the spring and then you got this uh little hundred miler hanging out here mm-hmm. uh the bear in the fall. Yeah, back out to Utah. Yeah. Um <laughs> just trying to figure out what would fit the calendar. Actually, we're missing one in there. The oh. uh, prior to that, what's the uh, World's End 100K in Pennsylvania? Oh, okay, that. that's not an ultra sign up race, so that's it's not here. Yeah, uh, so get that 100K in, and then normally I'd have another big one in the middle, but probably gonna do a quote unquote fun run. And your mouse cursor is hovering over one in Ontario. I have an eye yeah. on it's uh, La Cloche Silhouette, it's in. Uh, not too far outside of Toronto. I think it's like five and a half hours from Buffalo. It's about a 50-mile loop. Uh, there's bears and wolves and moose. <laughs> very committing around the lake, very remote. But if you look up the website for that, the mm-hmm. photos just look stunning. And uh, you have um, you have some of those like wilderness runs. Mm-hmm. So this is this an old race? This La Cloche Silhouette? It's not even a race. <laughs> no, it's just a run. No, they were supposed to have a race a year or two ago that I'd stumbled upon an ultra sign up, but it looks like it was canceled. Mm-hmm. So have to figure out all the details on that one. But so it's just a trail. It's not even an organized event. It's you just got it. Trail. Yeah. So that's like um, the I saw you had sent me a thing that you had run Cranberry. Uh, Cranberry, Cranberry Lake, Lake 50. Yeah, that, yeah, that's another nice one. There's Did a lot of options that? there. Did you do that by yourself? Uh, most of it. Uh, I had my good friend come in halfway. I brought him in on a boat, hired a guy to drop him off in the middle of the far side of the lake. Nice. And, uh, he came backwards on the loop till he hit me and then he ran in with me the rest of the way. That's cool. Um, I've, I've wanted to do that for a while and I mentioned it to, um, somebody at work and they said, Oh, well, we have a cabin on the lake. It's an old family cabin. She's like, if you want to stay there one weekend and use that as your start and finish, I was like, done. 
It's very convenient. There's not a lot of the way of accommodations there. Yeah. So I was like, just totally sign me up. I'm I'm all about it. Um, That's another pretty committing run. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, you can always go 25 miles around the lake and then swim back. That's an option. (laughs) The other thing for folks looking to do that, there's a high falls loop that comes out of Wanakina, and it's about 20 miles round trip. Okay. Uh, It cuts off a leg of the full 50 and gets a fair amount of it. It's very runnable throughout that trail, and there's only like 4,000 feet of gain over the whole loop. Um, Just pretty remote, a lot of bears. You you got chances to make a few weird turns also, right? Yeah, I think it's very well marked, though. Yeah. Um, Talk to Ben Murphy about how well marked I read the report. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've read Ben's report, huh? Yeah. I don't, you're supposed to be going west, Ben. Why did you turn east? I had backpacked a lot of it one year previously, but yeah. not the whole thing. Um, but still, okay. it's, it's, I wouldn't shy folks away from it. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, um, yeah, I'm going to have to try to find Ben's uh, little write up. That's what I'm going to have to do because I think that's better than the uh, generic thing I was going to put into the show notes. So, yeah. My um, poor buddy that came out there and that I had dumped off by the boat, he uh, he was terrified of bears. Uh, this is Mr. John Gadu for anyone oh, listening. Oh, okay. Good. And so the whole time around the ride up there, bears, 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 bears. I just kept giving him a hard time. And I talked to the boat guy. I said, give him a hard time about bears. Tell him there's bears spotted in this area. So we do the whole loop and we get about 49 miles in. And wouldn't you know it, there's the biggest bear I've ever seen <laughs> right on the trail. And John doesn't believe me. Oh, no, because you've been giving him so much yep. grief. But uh, finally he looked up, and it, it was huge. Oh, no. So what happened? The bear ran off, unfortunately. Unfortunately? Yes. That's No, that's fortunate. I love bears. They're so cool. Sure, I get that. But you don't. He's not going to finish the run with you, dude. <laughs> he's not like he doesn't love you as much as you love him. <laughs> it's nice they hang out for a while and then they go. You know, I've actually never seen. I have not, other than deer in Menden ponds and an occasional fox, in all my forays into the Adirondacks, I've I've never run into anything bigger than a fox or a raccoon no coyotes nope wow i mean porcupine uh well yeah but porcupines you know they're not too big uh we had a dog who got uh spiked that wasn't great but um yeah i've never i i mean i heard a uh fisher cat once oh it I, sounds like murder and it? i didn't know it was a fisher cat i was running that a race all by myself, that Pine Creek challenge. And it was like, you know, mile third or hour 13. It's like midnight. And I hear basically what sounds like uh, a woman in a horror movie who's Absolutely. getting like strangled and trying to scream. Definitely have to put a link to that in the show notes. Oh, it was, it was like the, the worst thing I've ever heard. And I didn't know what it was. So I just, I got motor in, you know, and, um, 
I went back and I told one, I told my wife and one of her friends and she goes, Oh, that's a Fisher cat. And I was like, I didn't even, oh, and yeah. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> we, uh, we were camping after I've uh, wrapped up all my Finger Lakes branch trails last year and the bottom of the uh, Crystal Hills, not Bristol, but Crystal Hills, uh, just inside Pennsylvania's little campground there. And we woke up in the middle of the night to, what sounded like screaming and screaming and screaming. And we just done 50 miles and just wanted to sleep so bad. But this stupid thing wouldn't stop screaming. And it was a porcupine oh, 10 no. feet outside our tents, just yelling at another porcupine and it wouldn't go away. You're like, hey, you leave. So that stops screaming. Wow. That. They were just having some sort of domestic or something? I get it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I guess bear-wise, uh, I ran into one in the Allegheny National Forest on my own last year, and he took off too. But uh also ran one in the middle of the eastern states, and I was with uh, a couple other people at the time, and we, we rounded a switchback. And all of a sudden, the girl in front of me just starts absolutely freaking out. And I had spooked the bear from behind her, and he ran three or four feet in front of her and then took off up the cliff right by us. Wow. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't seem to enjoy it. No, I think you might have a different opinion of... Now, Near snakes, I'm not real big on snakes, to say the least. Well, World's End will have a little bit of a treat for you. I know. Eastern states, they warned us that we'd be probably seeing some there, and sure as could be, when you get a mile from the finish, you go past the rattlesnake down, and the friend that was pacing me at the time, uh, she didn't see him, so I stopped her and said, do you want to go or do you want me to go? And I thought she was being really brave and going first, but... I learned later she just figured they'd strike at the second person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we were no more than five, six feet from them. Wow. Yeah. I maybe, you know, we're we're um we're not convincing any roadrunners to convert <laughs> is one thing. <laughs> um yeah, so I don't I don't get it. Like I mean, you are like you said, you're seeking things way out there. So maybe that's maybe that's part of my thing. You know, the deer in in Menden Pond tend to be pretty protective of their you know areas, so they don't exactly let other bear and stuff in. They chase them out. They keep their turf. Um, so let's transition and let's talk a little bit about the the world of the the buffalo scene. Um. What's it like out there? Um, my experience, I ran cross country in high school and my quote cross country was Delaware Park. And I went to Hushtech High School and our cross country practices, we ran down to LaSalle Park and we ran around and we maybe went to the waterfront and did, did a messing around in the grass there and then ran back downtown. So then we'd we'd do well in the city cross country, and then we'd go out to sectionals, and that that was the end of the story <laughs> <laughs> every time. So I didn't know that people ran like mountains and such until college, and I met other people. Um, I've gone back and I've run like Holiday Valley, and I've run in Chestnut Ridge a little bit. Um, I've heard of some other places, but why don't you why don't you tell me what it is that's going on out there? 
the city itself, the city proper, does not really have anything in the way of trails. Uh, north of it, Niagara Falls, there's some trails around the gorge. Uh, I live about half an hour south of Buffalo, uh, Orchard Park, Boston border, um, about two miles from the Eternal Flame. Yeah, It's in Chestnut Ridge. And for those who don't know what that is, it's this natural gas leak in the shale that people light. And there's a flame burning in the rock that has a waterfall flowing over the top of it. So Chestnut Ridge, just out my back door, uh, it's pretty popular. There's, I don't know, a six-mile outer loop, and then there's some stuff you can get creative and run on the inside. But it tends to get pretty worn down and beat. Uh, a lot of people visit the park. Um, the other go-to places, Hunter's Creek outside of East Aurora. Um, Western New York Mountain Biking Association maintains trails there. A lot of mileage overlapping each other, a little confusing at times, Um, a bit of a ride for me to get out there, so I don't go there too much. Sprague Brook Park, out towards Kissing Bridge area, is very popular, also maintained by Western New York Mountain Bike Association. Beautiful flowing trails, very well marked. They have a nice formal map for it. Uh, There's about, what is it, an eight-mile loop that the eight in the rough course follows. Uh, it's a fall race. And then you can go across the street there to Kissing Bridge and run the ski slopes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then there's 18 Mile Creek Park outside the village of Hamburg. And it's roughly two miles out, two miles back, and there's some miscellaneous stuff in the woods. Wait, so 18 Mile Creek Park is a two mile out? to back but it's really kind of wild because there's a cliff that you run along the whole time it's i don't know 65 70 feet and uh we ice climb there quite a bit too and you're at the top of it and it doesn't feel like anything else around western new york and you follow that for pretty much the entire length of that trail okay Uh, it's really awe-inspiring it's not all that well known about even from non-runners well now it's out there this now now everybody will know (laughs) Uh, what else do we have over what about um zor valley right yeah so it is a multiple use area it's a classification from the dec and then within that the one of those uses is (laughs) running and fishing and ice climbing uh the 300 feet surrounding the river along the gorge is also known as a unique area so it affords a special protections because it's such a steep place and very inaccessible um there is a lot of old growth trees in there uh, it's definitely got a special feeling to it. There's not a lot of established trails in it. Uh, adjacent to it is a place called Deer Lick. Uh, the Nature Conservancy owns that. That has some marked trails. And it's a lot safer because you're not along the edge of the cliffs. Because, unfortunately, there have been a handful of deaths throughout Zor Valley. Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting place to me, though, because, again, we all think of Buffalo as like this industrial kind of area. Right. And like you said, the city proper is just one big slab of cement. 
Well, yeah. you didn't say that. I said that. Um, but that's that's sort of what it is. And then there are areas, though, because it is around the edge of a Great Lake, there are some wilderness areas that aren't actually developed. Um, so th- so you've identified a number of areas, most of them sort of south of Buffalo. Yeah, and if um, you keep going south, we yeah. have even more. Right, the south towns, and then you start getting into the PA border and all that. And uh, um, one other one, I guess, was uh, one that I know is somebody had mentioned uh, Poverty Hill. To Poverty me. Hill, yes. Right. Where'd you hear that from? Well, Davin runs Poverty Hill mm-hmm. when, when he feels like flogging himself, I think. Yeah, so just north of Ellettgetville on the Finger Lakes Trail, uh, it's a pretty s- sustained hill. It's not the worst, but uh, it's probably one of the bigger ones in the area. The Finger Lakes Trail comes out of uh, Allegheny State Park and kind of wiggles its way through some other state land and then makes its way through uh, both Little Rock City and McCarty Hills State Forest and then drops down through um, Hollymont. Once it crosses the street there, right, uh, just outside the village of Ellicottville, that's where you'll hit Poverty Hill. Yeah. Uh, it's a neat climb. And then if you keep going north of that, uh, there's some really neat views back towards Hollymont and a lot of big hills. Cool. Uh, and then that Finger Lakes Trail continues all the way up north. It's uh, east of Spragbrook, keeps going. It's Darien Lake State Park, and then it kind of hangs a left and goes west and all the way to Niagara Falls. So are you you running these things regularly? You sound fairly familiar with them. Yeah, I actually just completed all the branch trails of the Finger Lakes Trail this past year. Uh, with all in one year or just completed? Over a couple years. I was going to say, that's... The conservation branch of the Finger Lakes Trail is the one that goes from Allegheny State Park up to Niagara Falls. That's about 180 miles, give or take. It's a mix of stuff. There'll be a little some road sections here and there, um, some rough trails, some beautiful trail. You never know what you're going to get. Um, so that one took a while to knock out sections by sections. And then north of Ellicott, but a little bit, that heads east and I guess Letchworth would be the next branch trail that comes off the main branch. And I think a lot of folks here have probably done that because you cover a good amount of it during mm-hmm. the Sega Honda race. Yeah. Um, Twisted Branch knocks out all the Bristol Hills one. There are some races out in the Onondaga branch through, oh gosh, I forget the name, Highland Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, that Onondaga branch is probably the best branch trail we did. There's a place called Tinker Falls. Yeah. It's just plunge falls, uh, just really jaw-dropping. And then real close to that, uh, there's Labrador Pond. This is huge overlook from it. Uh, that was probably the best branch we did. I had a couple folks that did that with me, and we had a great time. Not a lot of support options, though. And that one's about <laughs> 42 miles, so we did that one completely unsupported. Oh, cool. So are, so you're out there doing all these things. What's the, what's the Buffalo Ultra trail running scene like? Who else is out there with you? Are you running across people? Is this like... You know, is it uh, is it bustling? I know a few people, but 
what's it what's the general scene like is there group runs what what's happening out there uh not as much as i'd love to see it unfortunately um and definitely not on the bigger and longer stuff there is a series heart rate up a good friend of mine uh, runs that He's got a set of races out at Sprague Brook uh, that's weekly for, I think, six weeks during the summer. And then once that series is over, he has a series out at Chestnut Ridge, and that runs for five or six weeks as well, I believe. And the courses at Chestnut Ridge are really kind of neat. There's a little bit of cross country. There's a little bit of road. There's a little bit of like single track. And uh, shorter stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heart Rate Up definitely has most of the races in the area. He also puts one on in the Ellicottville area, the Evil 9 or 4. And that's mm-hmm. probably the longest run uh, throughout the area. Um, yeah, I mean, it. so it sounds like, I mean... You're the guy. You're plugged in here. It seems like if if anything's going to be found, you found it. Yeah, and we'll definitely <laughs> have to put a link to the calendar of events. I mean, to yeah, to, you started building a calendar recently. Was was it you on you have because there's a Buffalo Trail Facebook group now mm-hmm. that right you're sort of administrating you and Heather. And- yeah, I had been working on a project to catalog all the trails in the Buffalo area onto a website and. Mm-hmm. Just didn't go anywhere too fast. And in the meantime, Heather created a Facebook group and it just took off. So, mm-hmm. so well, that seems like a much better way to do stuff. Um, so in the meantime, I was also doing a Google calendar of all the New York, Pennsylvania, and Ontario trail and ultra running events. And there are quite a few throughout the area. And I don't think people realize how many we really have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's publicly available. I'm happy to share that. Okay, I'll uh, I'll give you some homework, you know. Um, so we uh, we've spent a lot of time not talking about Mark, but all of the things that Mark knows, which is good. Um, and and I guess that's what was difficult for me in Buffalo, and that's why I wasn't really much of a runner because I ran in high school, and it was kind of like. <laughs> I guess that's that. And I came to college and didn't do a lot of running. And it was until after college in my my second running life when I started meeting friends and people that did it. And then they'd be like, oh, we should go do this cool thing. Or did you know about that? Right. And so for me, if it wasn't for the Rochester community, I I wouldn't be a runner. Um, I'd probably just be in my basement playing pinball, writing computer programs. Um, but so to me, that's, that's one of the big, what's interesting to me is how like you and, um, Nate Huckle get into these big, long races, right? Without a peer group of 150 different people that are going and finding and pulling each other into events. Yeah, my group's a little smaller, maybe half a dozen. (laughs) Hey, that's good though, right? I mean- They're good people. Yeah, if you're all dedicated to it and you're all plugged in and you got 
So who's your, what, what do you do? Like, do you send out a text message? You are, are you all on one permanent text chat and say, where yeah, are we there's going one on of Saturday? Those. We usually use it to just make fun of one person not on there, but occasionally we run to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And so that, I mean, to me, that was a big mystery. How do you get deep? How do you end up in Moab, Utah, if it's not some friend talking you into it? You just find it on your own? Yeah, the big races draw. And now I've been working one of these years to hopefully get pulled for a Western States ticket. Mm -hmm. So there's only a short list of ones that fit the time of year and you know qualifying races. So it's not that hard to pick one. And right. what I've not done, too, we're trying to pick from those. Uh, and then there's a couple friends who are in the same boat as me. Yeah. It's that ticket is somewhat alluring, you know, and frustrating. And you, you've already ran Western, or you've already ran Twisted Branch, and now this year it's a qualifier. Yeah, I hemmed and hawed over doing it again. I don't like doing races more than once, but I, I really enjoy Twisted Branch. Yeah, so you ran the first year, as did I. Um, and it turns out you were right, right behind me. We probably spent a portion of the race together. Probably saw me throwing know. up. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished in like 1743. I and was somewhere behind you, I guess. Yeah, a few minutes behind. I think. We don't need to look it up. <laughs> I think, I mean, hey, dude, you finished Twisted Branch. It was uh, an eye-opener. It was obviously a big jump up from the previous races I had done. And uh, I somehow misread the amount of elevation gain on it. And I thought the 10,000 feet of uh, gain was 10,000 feet of change. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Katie could do about a week beforehand said, no, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a surprise. You're uh, like, oh my my uh, my treadmill only goes up to six <laughs> percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, seventeen fifty four. That's you know when this when Twisted first started it. When when I signed up for Twisted, the cutoff was actually sixteen hours. It might have even been fifteen hours. And we went out and did the race or did the course a couple times. And after some conversations, it was like Scott. <laughs> um it's and, legit yeah and so the first race was 18 hours yeah which i think is uh, 18 hours is a good bar um but i think 20 hours is a better cutoff i agree honestly. so yeah i mean you're under the original cutoff yeah i would really like to go back and take another crack at that and take preferably hours off of that time yeah, i would have liked it too i tried <laughs> um i think someday maybe for my you know for the 10th anniversary or something you know for you it's your 40th birthday i mean <laughs> so that's that's a good celebration i think so all right let's talk about um let's talk about how you run let's get a picture you go to all these remote areas you sometimes have some friends uh sometimes you don't um are you a are you a planner? Are you methodical about your races? Do you lay out a uh, flat mark before your run and and inventory all your gear? Uh, I like creating lists of stuff. Okay, I, not necessarily analyzing the race and setting paces and knowing when the hills would be and what to expect and calorie counts during that. I don't get into that level, but I like the logistics. Um, not necessarily more of races, but 
even the self-supported fun runs, figuring those out. Okay. Uh, that That's enjoyable to me. Yeah. So you make a list of all the gear you're going to need, mm-hmm. like ice axe, climbing <laughs> rope, um, avalanche beacon, those kind of things. <laughs> yes. Are you like more like uh, four goose, 27 ounces of tailwind? Like, are you? Do you get that specific? Uh, you mentioned the climbing one. I can tell you, I have so many quick draws, and I have six ice screws of this length, and four of this length, and two of this length, and a sling you of this have distance. To, right? and, yeah, and, it, and getting older, it's not easy to remember this stuff. So I don't have to think anymore. Once it's all figured out, once we have it going forward. Yeah, we do. Um, my group of friends and I, we do a winter camping trip every year. We've gone on 15 of them now, I think, up to this point. And at first it was like, well, we just did winter camping. We didn't have the gear. So you bring everything. It doesn't really matter. You bring all of your clothes. You bring both your camping mats. You bring both your sleep. But now um, people would uh sort of not pack until the day before and it's like it, this is winter camping we sh- so now we have a google list that we uh my friend TJ and I built out and we made columns for everyone and we put everything on it that we think you might possibly need and then you just put x's in where you're bringing something or not you know and we'll put things on like chapstick Bring chapstick, you know, and everybody, they're not going to think about bringing chaps. They're not even going to bring it. And then like Sunday morning, they'll be like, oh, my lips are so, it's on the list, dude. You didn't bring it. It was on the list. Yeah. My friends tend not to pay a lot of attention to the list either. And it it is satisfying when they forget their chapstick. (laughs) (laughs) They remember the big things like the ice axe, right? Or like they'll remember their hydration vest. But maybe not the reservoir that goes in the hydration vest, right? So, yeah, we um, we had good success with our list this year, though. It was like it's got everything on it now. And I added one new thing. I added a um, – I got one of those pocket chainsaws. What? It's <laughs> – it's a it's a chainsaw like it is the chain from a chainsaw on a string effectively on, yeah like it's really it's really cool it's 36 inches long and so you can just it's got handles on the side of it and uh yeah i don't i don't can't believe you've never seen one of these things you're the outdoors guy i Why? have a big ash tree in my yard that's gotta go if you wanna come over yeah you got a big ash is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't like to brag. <laughs> See, it's a pocket chainsaw. That could definitely hurt you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was the newest item added to the list. Well, we'll uh, I guess we'll put a thing in there for the for the uh, the listener since this isn't in a Or the visual. guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could pick one of these up. Oh, look at that. You apparently can't do it in the uh, – Amazon Associates. They don't want you buying weapons. So, all right. Um, moving on. You've got me curious, as you mentioned, winter camping. Have you done the trap dike in the winter? No. Um, people have talked about it, though, and said, like, we, we should actually do that. We tend not to plan, like, for dangerous situations. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I just told you how they can't remember a chapstick, you know. 
Um, no, but that's on my hit list for two weeks from now when I'm up there. Okay. Yeah, we should um should start looking into that probably. Yeah. Um. All right. What else you want to talk about? So you're now you're a list maker. Um. Are you uh are you a watch the watch pace runner? Do you uh do you have mileage goals? No. Oh, I like mileage. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to keep an eye on that. Okay. I don't, during the 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 racing aspect has kind of faded away a little bit to me. I, I've, again, I focus on the adventure and mm-hmm. the getting out there. And, um, probably should be running a little bit faster than I do, but uh, definitely slow it down right. some over the last couple of years. So, of your last year, what was your what was your highlight from last year? Uh, you got I'm tough <laughs> out there. You got your no business hundred. You got. Finishing the FLT um, branches, you got this Never Summer Hundred K Manitows. I mean, there was a it was a that, big year. Was we a, definitely all over the country last year. Uh, Never Summer is out in Colorado, and I'd never been to Colorado somehow. No, that's right up my alley. Of stuff. Uh, that's a hundred K. It's a hundred K, and that was. My first race at altitude, we went up to about 12,000 feet twice. Oof. Yeah, a little rough. <laughs> you get, is that where you get the screaming burpees or the screaming no, barfing? No, I, I was definitely barfing during this race, but uh-huh. not from climbing during it. That was a wild race. It's a, it a full-on mountain race. Um, we hit two lightning storms in the middle of the race. We had to wait out uh, and couldn't go out in the, the alp, open alpine uh, there was two hailstorms. Um, we encountered a woman who was severely hypothermic, had to help her quite a bit. That was very eye-opening. Um, I was pretty close to dropping from the race just to take care of her. It was so bad. Wow. Um, but we dumped her off at the next stage station, and she somehow revived and finished the race. Um we ran into oh last year's Western States female winner. Um, it was terrible, but she was just wandering the course. Came mm. down, said hi to us. It's gonna drive me nuts. She I'm she's at the rim to rim record. Yeah, I'm gonna let you stew in it. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, you know, through bear and mountain lion territory. Yeah. But they, um, that's going to drive me nuts, her name. <laughs> You're killing me here. I want to say Candace Burt, but that's wrong. No. Do you know? Yes. You're yeah. killing me. I actually, I met her. Where'd you run into her at? Western States. Oh. She took off last year from an injury or something health related anyways. So. Mm. But that was a neat race. I enjoyed that quite a bit. A lot of views throughout. You, you just don't get those on the East coast here. So Colorado was great. And then we bumped all over. It was in Rocky mountain national park afterwards. Uh, we went throughout Boulder, um, probably a couple other places too. But Idaho, uh, for I Am Tough later in the year, that was pretty wild, too. That only goes up to about 8,000 feet, but it's also a full-blown mountain race as well. Uh, Encountered some storms during that. 
Um, it dropped down to below freezing at night. I had issues staying awake at night. What year did you one. do? It was 2018. I am tough, right? We're still talking about Yeah, that. just this past yeah. year. Um, because Danielle Snyder went out in 2017. And she ran the bear this past year, too. And yeah. I'm going to be doing that. You're following in her footsteps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I and Tuff had been on my radar for a while, and uh, one of the friends that ended up going out there and doing it as his first hundred, he he talked me into it, and we okay. kind of jumped on it. And you're huh. showing me Courtney D here as the yeah, runner. Was, That's well, you said last year's Western States winner. Maybe it was two years ago. Then. Oh, okay. Well, you know that's different. That's um, wasn't it Casey two years ago? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, Cat, Cat Brad- Bradley, yeah. So you ran into Cat Bradley out Yeah, she there. came down the trail with her dog and just hmm. stopped and chatted well, with us. Well, see, it's two years ago. So, And I, I would have named Casey two years ago, so I was wrong. But then again, I, I, I don't do this. I'm not a professional. This is hobbyist stuff. Yeah, so I'm tough. Um, I'm tough gets really cold, right? Yeah, it was definitely below freezing at night. And, you know, this when we so each year I am tough reverses the direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular year we ran it, we were up on a section, it's high line or skyline, something up at altitude. Mm-hmm. And it was just miserable up there. I was having a rotten time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sleep so badly, but I could not sleep anywhere. I heard that's the thing about I'm tough because it's not. There are very few people that finish under 24 hours in that race, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, think it was like a half of the race finished after 33 hours this past mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Crazy statistic. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're sleep deprived. It's not like, it's not, it's not one of these 25 hour deals. No. I think, I think Danielle was 31 hours, and that's, that's just insane to me. I can't even. Yeah. Yeah, I think I took almost 35 out there or something like that. It was a long day. Yeah, I was there. So we didn't name your highlight of the year. So that's it's a pretty it's tough call because they're yeah. all such cool races. Yeah, uh, well, and, even Manitou's is mm-hmm. is wonderful. Yeah, wow. So and and you're going to have I mean, this year it should be easy, right? You should be able to say uh I, I'm not sure which one do you think it is. <laughs> Well, you're going out to the bear. It's your only 100-miler this year. What's what's the difference to you? Um, why the 100-milers and not just sticking with tough 50-mile stuff like Manitou's? Maybe that's how we find the highlight here. Hmm. What's the 100-miler do that's for you that, that Manitou's do 100 miles. And to be fair, Manitou's, they say it runs like uh, a short 100-miler. Yeah. It, it's a long day out there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being out there all day. Yeah. And you're not thinking about anything else while you're out there. I was going to ask, do you, do you run out of thoughts like, because that's what I, that's how I started getting into ultras. It was like, after my six hour Sega Honda, I was like, you know what? I could, I, f- I guess I can do stuff longer than four hours. So I, you know, we did a six hour Sega Honda and the last two hours were like peaceful. You know, it was just kind of like, I, I ran out of things to think about. It doesn't matter when I finish, I'll eventually finish. 
and you know the the shoulders relax a little bit you know the brain stops churning is that is that part of it you know, I don't know why I run these stupid things. <laughs> I do like the outside time quite a bit. Uh, I spend a ton of time on my own, and that ends up happening during the middle of these races too, and I enjoy that. Um, and now that I've started, I'm afraid to stop. Because hmm. um, you're afraid that like it'll be done, it'll be over with, and you'll be like, oh, I remember when I used to run 100 milers. Yeah, and you stop completely. It's hard to come back. Uh, even just knocking the mileage down for the winter here, it's, it's kind of an eye-opener. I go out and bang out mm-hmm. 20 miles, and hey, wait a minute. I'm not yeah. supposed to feel anything from that. Yep, I I get you. I mean, I... I'm feeling the same thing. It's like uh, after I after I did whatever it was I did at Oil Creek, uh, um, November and December, I was kind of like the you know do I I the schedule went out the window and life was like all over the place and I was just like I need to keep running or else I won't be running anymore. And uh, maybe you're getting at something there, the, the regimen and having a calendar and the expectation of this is what I need to do today. And just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it just goes by and you know what you're doing. I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend not to sit idle very well. I get bored. I hate mm-hmm. wasting time. Mm-hmm. I won't take a day off of work and not do anything. Okay. Uh, okay. So I like to keep myself occupied, I guess. Got it. Yeah. I I like the down days, but I I I like to have had done something at the end, right? Um but I can stay in bed till eleven if if forced to, you know. Um but yeah, I always I, I feel that same way. Like if it I, I like what you said, now that you've started you're sort of afraid to stop because it's it's hard to to come back. I I'm I'm doing this thing now where I'm working back up to twenty miles a week, and I'm like, oh, this hurts, and this hurts, and I'm and at first I was attributing it to being old, and I'm like, oh, I'm forty now, and everything hurts, but I was like, no, these are the, and I'm starting to try to think back. Aren't these the same things that hurt when I was first learning how to run? Yeah, it's you funny know? how easily we take things for granted. Yes, I remember last fall after the races, took a couple of weeks off, and first thing back, fifteen miler, and uh, I'm dying out there. And my body says, "What's the problem? It's only fifteen miles." And you just have to reset your frame of reference. And so, yeah. wait a minute, time out, back up here. Yeah, <laughs> think about what we're doing. Yeah, and it is it is interesting because your muscles remember, right? In your brain remembers that hey this is just 15 miles but the rest of the systems are kind of like hold up and it's a little scary too because you you, again you take that for granted but then the next year after Mm -hmm. you reset you forgot what it took to get to that Mm -hmm. point yeah and no this isn't a given now we're gonna go finish this race yep and how do you get yourself to remember that you need to put in that work right and and that's what's interesting about this, like, quote, coming back. Because I feel like 
yeah, this stuff is supposed to be sore. I'm supposed to work through this stuff. I, and I'm like, but I don't like being sore. I just like being able to go run 15 miles. And it's tough with, I have a friend right now that's absolutely killing it. He's going to slay the beast in two weeks. It's, yeah. And he's ridiculous. And I think it was Roosevelt at a quote where comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And try to keep that in mind at all yep. times. Yeah, but it is it it is that you can. I think also you could get yourself in some level of trouble, right? Because you can go out and we both of us right now could go run a half marathon tomorrow. Oh yeah. As much as we're like, how do I, we're not doing it? We can go run a half marathon, and so we may do that on some days. And the next day you're going to be sore, and uh, you know, but. I think there's that perception of somebody else looking at you like, um, yeah, you do that all the time and I can't even run 5K or I can't even run five miles. And you can start to believe that, yeah, I do run 15 miles all the time. <laughs> even though I haven't in three months, I totally could go do it right now. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the eminent struggle of getting older and, and, as you said, taking things for granted, you know. Got to remember that this stuff does – take work even though your brain thinks you're able to go do it and it's only february too keep that in mind <laughs> yeah well muddy sneaker is like uh not too far away it's really 10 i've weeks. yet to do that oh i love that race i've only i've got three that i've done it three times but it's it's april 20th it's an early race and if you want to be in shape for it, you need to do your winter. You need to do your winter hill climbing, your winter miles, and I, you know, I got in uh, twenty five minutes on a treadmill this morning. So I got rid of that stupid treadmill. <laughs> it's rough out in Buffalo, in particular, because we, especially where I live south of the city, we yeah. do get a lot of snow yeah. on the roads. Yep. I don't mind going outside. I don't mind the cold, but. And there's eight inches of garbage on the road. You can't run in that. Yeah. And as much as I hate to admit it, uh, I do end up at the UB indoor track from time to time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm lucky to have that as an option. Yeah. I I want to um, – I I need – like I just I, – I want to be the person that's like, hey, I just – I go out no matter what, et cetera. But I realize the amount of time it takes me to do that right now. And I I was counting my 25 minutes on the treadmill as a victory this morning because I was like, oh, I woke up late. And I was like, I, I'm not even going to get a run in. And I'm like, no, you're, you're going to get a run in. You have 26 minutes. So get dressed and get on the treadmill. So I got a 25-minute run. And I feel like I sort of ripped off a Band-Aid there this morning and, and got something that I – uh, last month I wouldn't have got so this winter has been uh, cold at times and warm at others but throughout the whole thing I think I've not worn shorts maybe three times mm -hmm. my one buddy it's cold out he, he wears shorts I gotta wear shorts mm. it's not healthy no it's, it's uh, again you could get yourself into trouble that way <laughs> All right. Well, what haven't we covered here? Anything else we need to cover? I had listed a couple of places here that uh, when we were starting talking about Buffalo areas to run and between Buffalo and Rochester is kind of a cool place that not a lot of folks know about. Uh, Carlton Hill, uh, it's some type of D.C. land, and maybe it's State Forest, but it's just outside of Warsaw. 
And there's about 27 miles of trails, something like that out there. Beautiful. There's some views throughout the valley, a lot of single track. A lot of it's crisscrossing and a little bit confusing. Uh, We can put a link in here to a map of it, but it'd be kind of cool to get some Rochester folks to meet up with some Buffalo folks here. It's kind of right in the middle. That would be fun. Absolutely. Maybe we'll let's work on that. I think that'd be a good that'll be a good project for us. It sounds like we got we got time on our hands, so Yeah. <laughs> um all right. Well thanks for making a drive, man. It's pretty know. it's pretty exciting that you know, we uh we got this Rochester Buffalo connection and I don't think we uh stoke it quite as much as we could or or should. We're getting better at it, though. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on by. We'll uh, we'll catch up soon, I guess. Excellent. Well, we'll, thank we'll, you for having me. We'll meet at Carlton Hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it. He he travels for an hour to talk for an hour. It's like uh, it's like his half marathon time. I don't know. Um, what I what I really enjoyed talking to Mark about is like I I asked him for one place in Buffalo because I said I didn't know anything, and he rattled off like ten or fifteen places. So it's out there to be had, folks, and it just shows how much I. Uh, really don't know about my old hometown. Of course, there's that thing where people are like, oh, I'm from Buffalo. And then you say, where are you from? And they're like, oh, Orchard Park. And you're like, well, no, Buffalo. You said Buffalo. So there's a lot of things south of Buffalo. Maybe we'll have a um, running inside out field trip. I think that'd be cool. We'll start with Carlton Hill and work our way down. So uh, be sure to check out the episode show notes. We piled a bunch of stuff in here, including some of Mark's runs, uh, a link to my really cool chainsaw, um, a few other things. So might be some nice little surprises in there for you to go read and do some homework. Um, remember, those show notes will be in your podcast player, whether you whether you believe that or not, they are there. Um, or you can go to runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 075. It is... Uh, 75th episode extravaganza today, I guess. Uh, you can also find links to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. So uh, remember that 50 supporter challenge. That's kind of a big deal. I'm I'm thinking if we get there, I'm I'm really liking the idea of being uh, holed up in some sort of like Motel Six all weekend. You know, cans of Red Bull, recording episodes. I think that'd be fun. Um, keep in mind the number one way you can always support the show is to tell a friend, help them subscribe, and if they seem interested, you know, subscribe them. People don't know how to work podcasts. I don't know why. So just help a friend out, push the buttons, um, you know, with their permission, of course, but subscribe them. One last thing, I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show. Uh, so drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.